Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Honey German. My parents are Dominican. I was born and raised in New York City. I love sneakers, and I'm a body-positive advocate. I'm Carolina Bermudez. Soy Nicaragüense, but I was born and raised in Ohio. I'm a wife, a mama, and a worker bee. This This is is Life in Spanglish. Good morning, Carolina. It is so good to see you, Honey German. I was so looking forward to this, and I wanted to just recap. I got so much response from our last Life in Spanglish where we had the twins on, Lulu and Lala. So did I. Yeah, people absolutely love them. I was so grateful that they made the time to come and see us and that we had such a good episode. I know. It's good because most of our listeners like episodes where we talk about life journeys, right. about getting jobs, about, you know, staying the course, yeah. about, you know, no matter how down, depressed, or, like, unhopeful you are, you still, you know, push through. And I felt like that episode really was reflective of that with oh, their story. Totally. And it's so great to hear, like, from different perspectives. You know what I mean? Like, they're twins, they're family, they work together, they play together. I mean, it's really a lot. So we love the twins, Lulu and Lala. So glad that they could be on our podcast. And, um, you know, we'll see. We, we Maybe we can do something with them a little bit down the road. I looked at the picture and I was like, you know what? It's, it's, such, a, um, it's such a telling picture. And it's just females coming together, Latinas coming together. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, it was just like females in radio, which is so competitive. And everybody totally. felt like, you're going to take my job. And you sound better than me. And you can't cover for me. And it's just the way that you guys are, considering you work in the same station. Yeah, and we love each like, other. We're just all so close. Like me and Angie, you with with the twins. Yeah. It's like me with, with like everybody who works at Power. It, it's dope. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. And you know what? To have like a girl tribe like we do that truly supports one another and we're not sitting there like, oh, yeah, we're cool. And then later on being like, you know, like there's just none of that going on. So it's wonderful. So what's been going on with you, honey? I've been busy, Carolina. I don't know. know. It's so You're nonstop. I really am. But it's tiring me out. I looked at myself after like 45 minutes of doing makeup this morning and I'm like, I still look 
tired. Girl, I took a nap in my office before we came to record this thing. Like, I have so much on my plate this week. And, like, I just said to T and to my producer, Colleen, I was like, I'm going to pass out if I don't go and, like, sleep for a half an hour. So I went and I did that. And then I feel like a new woman. I don't look like one, but I do feel like one. I'm afraid of taking naps, Carolina. When I wake up from naps, I am a horrible person. Really? Are you cranky? I'm super groggy and cranky. And I'm just so mad I had to wake up. Oh, okay. That I can't do it. Like, yeah, I can't. And if I'm going out with the girls and I take a nap, bitch, I will see you tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Okay, I'm I will, never I will getting never up. let you nap. You know what? So then you're one of those people that when you go on a girls' trip, you cannot fall asleep in no. the middle of the day, like day drinking, because then you're not going out that night. That's it. That's it. Okay, if I day drink like around one, maybe by like eight nine o'clock, you might be able to get me back out you of the can hotel rally? room. Oh, no, I'm a beast. I'm like, we've got such little time here. I'm down. So I'll, I'll pull myself out and I'll make I'll, I'll do something with it. I just got to not drink too much. I went to Vegas one time with the girls and we were up for like almost three days. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> How long do you nap for? Um, Today I nap for over, like maybe a half an hour. But Dr. Oz says that you're only supposed to nap for like 20 minutes. I used to nap for over an, like an hour. Like I'd get home by two, nap for like... 30 minutes to an hour and I would just feel the same way that you felt. I was not a good napper. But then I cut it down, put an alarm on my phone yeah. and only do 20 minute naps. Yep. The best. It takes me 20 minutes to fall asleep, bro. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's the thing. It's like, so what I, I will do is I will put my alarm on for an hour. I'll put on something in the background and then I know that like whatever time I fall asleep, I probably got maybe 30 to 20 minutes because I too have like I my mind races mm-hmm. and I'm just like going through different scenarios in my head. So I just figure if I put an hour on there, if I put on CNBC in the background. You can fall asleep I, with something playing in the background? Yes. Or like Dateline, that, that mm-hmm. voice that like lulls you to sleep it was a sleepy town it's been gypsy wives for me lately gypsy oh my gosh that's amazing my brother told me that that is one of the best shows on television that nobody's watching it's trashy as hell oh Oh, of course it is yes but that's what i'll do and then i know like that's the thing we all need to slow down we do we need the self-care thing i know it's funny you see the memes like everybody's making fun or whatever oh self-care sunday you know i'm gonna go and do a mask and drink some champagne no i'm talking about like serious self-care not posting a meme about it doing it right and you know what it takes like a lot for me to do that because I always that's just my nature I put everybody else first I put my husband my kids everybody else first and lately I've been saying like for example I had therapy this week right I have two events I have something that that uh, I have to get to and I said to my husband I go will you do me a favor tomorrow I said will you call the doctor and just cancel therapy for me and he was like why don't you need to go and I said I just I said I'm feeling overwhelmed and I think that this is a better call like I'm not gonna have the time to get to her mm-hmm. and like he was asking me how can I help you like what do you need this week I said I need you to go to BJ's I need you to cancel my therapist That's dope. and I said to him I was like you know what that time will be better served for me if I can get to the gym if I can do something else you know what I mean so I said not that I'm not going to her but it's more like this week that's not gonna work for me and that's hard to say like that yeah, something isn't going to work. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I think that's the main problem I have. I say yes to everything and then it comes and it's like, oh, wow, this week is is jam-packed. So yeah. I think we have to backtrack a little bit. The root of the problem is probably not saying yes to so many things, especially the things that are not mandatory. Because sometimes I'm like, did I really need to come to this brunch? Probably not. No. Did no. I really need to do this panel or this talk? Yep. Probably not. You no. know, I already did five other ones this year. 
Right. But then again, you don't want to miss out on those opportunities where you think that this could either further your career or that you could provide something to this event that could really be special for and them. And that's the reason we say yes. Exactly. But then the day comes and you're like, fuck, why did I say yes to this? We had a pop in on Saturday at Garden State Plaza with Style Inspo, and I got to do nothing but that. It that's was at 1 p.m., so it's like before. I can't do anything before other than just clean the house. I can't right. run anywhere. I can't do anything. Yeah. And then once we were done, it was like 6 p.m., and, you know, it's pitch black outside now. So it's like, what do you do? Go home and go to sleep. Were you at Grand Lux Cafe or Cheesecake? Which one were you I at? I was at because Grand you Lux. Posted on, what? I was at Grand Lux. Grand Lux. I know my food. She posted something on Instagram story, and I said, those mashed potatoes look that like chicken Grand Madeira. Lux Cafe. You already oh, know. Oh, you know where it's at, girl. <laughs> you know where it's at. So I, I saw something on social media um, this past week, and it made me think of you. I think we've touched on it before, but it is a quote from Eva Longoria. Okay. She was doing a talk with a man. I believe his name is Jay Shetty. And honestly, I don't know how I even followed him. I don't even know why God or how. wanted you to follow Don't him. you have so many people on your Instagram that like that? So I really do. I hear her talking and I said, wow, if this woman did not just hit on something so important. And I wanted you to hear it and I wanted to get your feedback. So um, if we, we're going to play the clip now. Tell me about how you've seen the Latino experience in Hollywood. Um, if you want to go there. No, no, yeah, it's a big yeah, topic. Yeah. Um, there was a study that just came out yesterday from USC talking about not only are we surveying severely underrepresented in Hollywood, but the erasure of Latinos in film is creating the problems we're having in society. Like it definitely is correlated. You know, if you only see gangbangers, drug dealers, you know, um, criminals in TV and film, then that educates a community about who we are. It educates people who don't have a Latino in their town to go, oh, that's what they are. More important than that is it educates our community on who we are. And so if I'm a young Latino and only see those portrayals, it's damaging. And so you can't be what you can't see. Mm -hmm. And and I think that there has to be conscious change. I mean, Carolina, this is something that hits super close to home mm -hmm. because I don't identify with anything in the movies. Right. I don't identify with anything on television. I identify maybe with like Spanish radio. Yeah. And that's about it. But it feels like for a very long time, the only thing I identify was like black movies and black TV shows because we're not getting anything for Latinos. Even well, though we're, we're a minority who's a majority, we're super underserved when it comes to entertainment, television, and, and movies. Um, absolutely. I can't, I couldn't agree with you more. And this is the reason why this just hits so close to home for me. I believe I've spoken about it before on this very podcast that when I moved out to Los Angeles, I was going to be a star. Like I was like, yeah. well, look out everybody because in my small town, I'm about to do this thing. And then I got an agent and then I started going out on auditions and every audition was for prostitute made. Are you kidding me? gangbanger one time a chola a chola situation yes and so it was just like i started seeing this pattern of this is really what hollywood thinks that we're only capable of like why couldn't i ever be the cop why couldn't i ever be the businesswoman why couldn't i ever be the best friend the funny best friend or mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. there was never that category and i think that this is the problem what eva said is very true the fact that we keep pushing out this narrative into the public that latinos are only 
only gangbangers, drug dealers, you know, um, people who are constantly getting arrested. Well, then what do you think people are going to think? And that's the same way we're going to end up being typecasted for generations to come. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the the main thing that we can do here is start producing our own films. Yes. I think that's where we can start because we can control our own narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, our directors, our producers, our, our screenwriters, we can change the narrative. And, you know, people like me and you are pushing forward and saying, okay, this is trying who a Latina is. You understand? Right. I'm not a maid. No offense to whoever works as a of maid. Of course not. I'm not a prostitute. I am not the girlfriend of a drug dealer who lays up all day in an apartment, yep. you know, and spends his money. Yep. That's not what I am. I'm a hardworking woman. I'm I'm dedicated to my profession. I live good, I travel, I buy nice things, and it's just not being translated onto television and into movies. And we need to figure out how we're going to change that. And that is the tough nut to crack, you know? I mean, that really is, because if you look at it, Hollywood has so many issues from way back when that they need to address and fix. I mean, look at the Me Too movement. That just that just totally blew up a lot of people's spots there. You know, all of these executives and people that are in charge of these, like, movie companies, and I I think that this is something that they're like, we'll handle that one later. You know what I mean? It keeps on being kind of shoved over into like a a different place. Like I give John Singleton a lot of credit because when John Singleton came out and he did Boys in the Hood, Mm -hmm. it was such a groundbreaking film from a young black producer and director. And he took that risk and he 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 went in there and him, Spike Lee, yeah. you know, you have all these other producers they're trailblazers. Exactly. So they're taking responsibility for what's missing in their own community mm-hmm. and, and, and making their people appear the way they need to appear, bringing it to the forefront. That's where we're lacking at. And we're trying, don't get me wrong. Right. And some TV shows, you know, like On Power, Angela Valdez, she was a whole, like, federal agent or whatever, and she was portrayed, you know, as a hardworking woman, very smart. She got caught up with Ghost, and, you know, that wasn't real smart. That her. was a whole problem. Exactly. <laughs> that was a big problem. And then you have like Shades of Blue with, with Jennifer Lopez. Right, but that's Jennifer Lopez. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, what about the young upcoming actresses? And I'm not talking about myself mm-hmm. because I'm out of that game. But what I'm saying is there are a number of young women who truly have this passion and this drive. And by the way, who are probably really talented oh, yeah. that will never get that chance because there's a slew of white women that are up for the gig. Of or, you know, there's a number of other women that, that might be looked at for it that have a name or something associated with them so I don't know why but this just really like triggered me because I was like it took me back to those days where I would go in and I would look around and I would see the same people all the time going for the same gigs and I was like wow <sighs> you either got Rosario Dawson you've got Zoe Saldana you have um well b- back in the day when I was Sofia uh, Vergara always oh Sofia Vergara well, yeah and her. I mean and there's a love-hate relationship there which we've spoken about we a lot have. of people think that there's a huge responsibility on her shoulders because she has such a prominent role on a primetime television show. She's what, the highest paid um, TV actress? But is it her responsibility or is it the industry? And that's kind of where I want to take a little bit of that away from her. You know, I don't yeah. think it's her fault. It's I think not. that she's, she's just done out an here amazing getting, job. Listen, she's just out here getting her money. Can I, can I say another thing, though? We have, sometimes when we do have our shows, like let's say, you know, um, Jane the Virgin mm-hmm. or uh, La Reina del Sur, we have to come together. We have to 
push them into the forefront. Mm -hmm. We have to help promote them. We have to support them and we have to go to them. Like when we have the HBO Latin Film Festival. Right. Let's go. Let's buy tickets. Let's post that we went to see these movies. Let's tweet about them. But girl, I don't even know when it is. That's the other thing, the promotion of it. Like how am I supposed to know and go and support if they're not spending any money for marketing? Mm -hmm. Well, that's another thing. Like it all is hand in hand. So It is. It is. I know it's a serious subject and I'm sorry, but I did want to discuss it because I felt like, you know, not enough people are talking about this. And it's crazy. I watch HBO Latino every time I get a chance. Oh, really? Because I'm like, I got to see what's happening. I got to see what the issue is. I got to see why there's not a Latino holiday movie. You know, the holidays, there's always holiday movies. There's never a Latino family holiday movie. Lifetime, where you at? You got all these girls out here. I want a puppy for Christmas. Well, Latinos want puppies for Christmas. We want a chihuahua. What the hell? You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, we're all in love for Christmas channel? too. Hello. Exactly. I know. You know, and it's like, why not think outside the box? And that's really kind of where I'm hopeful that some executives will take the initiative to say, you know, why don't we why don't we do something a little different this time? Instead of having Candace Cameron Bure or whatever from Full House doing every movie or Tori Spelling's broke ass doing all these movies, you know, like we can have somebody else go in there and do a little something. Exactly. There are 52 million Latinos in the United States right now. You know, we might watch some stuff, you know. And by the way, I'm sorry, Tori Spelling. I didn't mean that you were broke ass, but you do She's owe American Express some money. Girl. She's staying okay? complaining about just, the situation. We speak the truth here. We speak the truth. She got 19 kids. Hello. Hello. And counting. (laughs) But let's bring it back a little bit. I want to talk about Sofia Vergara a little bit. Yeah. Her character kind of bothers me. It bothers a lot of people. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's like, very stereotypical. I feel super guilty because I'm like, okay, a Latina, she's making so much money. But then I'm like, okay, but the narrative she's pushing is not really who I am. Right. And I understand, I guess she's like uh, an immigrant wife, not yeah. like us born and raised here. But it's so stereotypical at times. It, it is. But that is where, that's the whole point of this conversation. It's like, why are the writers doing that? Because it's easy. Because it's what they know. And it's what they know. That's exactly. what I was going to tell. You. Like she couldn't be like Claire, the um, her husband's daughter that works like for a company. Like why couldn't they make her? No, that's that's the character that they wanted her to be. She's wearing the tight shirts with her boobs out all the time. You know, very like it's the accent is so exaggerated too. The accent is exaggerated, and you know I do give her credit because she has even spoken about it and said, "Look, like what am I supposed to do? Deny a job? No, listen, this because is how she's getting her money. I'm not it doesn't make her. everybody happy. You know, so it's like I." I feel like it's a double-edged sword for for somebody like Sofia Vergara. Oh, it really is. But then again, you look at it and it's reflective of her work. When has she had a big-time movie blockbuster? Maybe people don't think she has the range. You know what I mean? Maybe she's frustrated being in that position because she can't show people what she can really do. That's bad. You know? So it's like when you put somebody in these like giant roles, like Zoe Saldana, I'll be honest with you, for Avatar, I was like, yes, finally! You know, (laughs) because that could have very easily gone to a girl like, and I'm making this up, like a Kristen Stewart. Could have. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's easy. That's Listen, typical. Quick fun fact. My mom and Zoe Saldana's mom were friends when we were young. Van- Vanessa had a friend? Who was Zoe Saldana's mom? Stop it. Get out of here, right? Vanessa and Nessia. Vanessa and Nessia. No, she so, got five sisters that's and so she crazy. fights with them all on set. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, back but, to our conversation. Yeah, I love her. And, and even Orange is the New Black, even though everybody was locked up, even though mm-hmm. everybody was criminals, mm-hmm. it, we were still working and we were still visible. So it, I get it, Carolina. I think this is a tough one. You it know? is a tough one but I think it has to do a lot with us as writers as as directors as producers putting forward you know the narrative we can change the narrative Mm -hmm. 100% 
people that don't know us, people that are not us and do not represent us, will not change our narrative. No, they they're won't. going by whatever they have learned, it's whatever they've been taught. Mm-hmm. It's really up to us. And 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 in our, I guess, Generation X, Generation um, Z, they're trying. Yeah. I do follow a lot of Latinos that are just, you know, putting forward who they are. They're not ashamed of, of their nationality, of their heritage, and they are trying. You know, whether it be T-shirts, whether it be art, whether it be, you know, indie films or directing music videos, they're really trying. Well, you know, you got to get out there, and the best way to do that is to just try. You know what I mean? Like, and not, and and not be worried about other. judgment and, and support each other. Yes. Um, funny enough, one of the things that I've always wanted to do is my dad has such a rich and interesting history and the way that he came to the country and the way that he raised all of us and I've always wanted to tell that story but I don't know how you know and I feel like it would be so helpful and it would be so inspirational to a lot of other people because maybe they could either identify with it because of family members that did the same thing Mm -hmm. or perhaps they're still stuck in a place where they don't know how to get out and I've always wanted to do that but it's like where do you even start you know it's like screenwriting for dummies like I don't know (laughs) no but I'm serious you know because it's like I don't want that history to get lost and especially me because my kids are the youngest yeah we have 13 or I'm sorry 14 my brother just adopted uh 14 grandchildren in our family and my kids are the youngest and they're the ones who know the least so for me it's really important to preserve that story for them and I don't want my dad embellishing and shit you know what I mean because then (laughs) once people start getting old it was like okay you showed up with twenty dollars in in your pocket now it's I showed up with with two dollars in my pocket when I came to this country and it's like don't you just just tell the story you know what's crazy Carolina every time I get with my mom I talked to her for hours mm-hmm. about when she came here. Yeah. What she went through, you know, where she lived, the days she didn't have any money to feed us. Yeah. And I love hearing those stories. So I, I understand you 100%. And when you hear those stories from your parents, it puts a lot into perspective for you. And, you know, you think back about like, okay, why didn't I have new clothes? Why did I have to go to a secondhand store? And then it's like, oh, okay, because, you know, mom didn't have a job one time for six months. And right. it's like when you're a kid, you don't realize your mom is not going to work. Your mom has $2 and no money to feed you. So I understand as far as like you wanting to document that because I always want to listen to it. And eventually we will write our book. I and think eventually so. we'll do something with it. Trust me. I mean, my mom was telling me the one day how she and my father had to give my sister powdered milk because they just didn't not have it they just did not have money and my sister was like you know the first of the six and when we were in San Francisco they would drive around they'd be like look at that spot that spot we would go and get one plate un plato you know con carne y papa y todo and they would the three of them would eat they would let her eat first and then they would eat whatever was left over I was like well no no wonder you were looking so good mom you were all snatched (laughs) up because you were hungry you were starved (laughs) that's why you was at zero but you know what and I'm making light of the situation now but I think that there are a lot of people who are listening to this podcast whose parents or their siblings or whoever it is or family members aunts uncles who may have that same kind of history or that same kind of um you know path when they came to the united states and i think that those are the stories that are important to tell they really are not the ones where you know your tia got married to a rich guy and then they moved to the suburbs and that that was how she it found her, for her white lawyer on e-harmony exactly. nobody cares about that exactly so anyway i'm sorry i'm off on a tangent but i did want to explore that with you because i think that you you know, one of the best parts about this podcast is is hearing. Oh, excuse me, sorry. One of the best things about this podcast is is hearing somebody's opinion who you respect, and I respect you. I respect you, you know. Too. And it's like, and I think that other people might be listening in their car or while they're at work right now, and they're like, "Wow, damn! Well, I never thought about that." Well, it's our job 
to bring that to your attention. Yeah, and to take time and listen, man. It's like, what did your parents go through? Especially people whose parents migrated, you know, through the Mexican border. Oh, people that yeah. it took them a month or two to mm-hmm. make it to the United States. You don't know what your parents went through. Sit down, listen to their story, understand their struggle, and it'll you'll find newfound respect, you know, for your parent. And sometimes it'll it'll close a lot of um, gaps that you may have. Right. You know, it's like my father passed, and I always was like, why did he not care about his family? You know, and I sat with my mom, and my mom was like, you know, your father struggled with different addictions. It's mm. not that he didn't care about you. It's not that you, he didn't care about his siblings. It's just addiction is a disease. And back that, in the day, they would the push, days, they would shove those down. They would never address them. You yes. were immigrants. You were dealing, you, you didn't have a therapist. They you would weren't say, going oh, to rehab. Un borracho, déjelo. You know, it's like the, nobody would, they wouldn't help. But when you hear the story, it puts everything into perspective for you. And then mm-hmm. it starts closing even wounds that you have. Yeah. You know, it's just like, why did my mom scream at me so much? Why did my mom hit me so much? Well, why when was your she... mom is working three jobs a week to try to survive and she has zero patience because she hasn't been sleeping and she's just trying to feed y'all, then yeah, I can understand why That's she loses That's what you're it. getting. You know, it's yeah. just like, I always wondered. I'm like, you know, I see moms, let's say like you, you love your kids. You post them. You snuggle with oh, them. They're your life. They but are. when I was little, that was not part of my upbringing. Right. And I always wondered. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. And then when I talked to my mom, she's like, I was broke. I was right. struggling. I had four kids. Your your father was not around. I didn't speak the language. I couldn't get jobs. This is why I was unable to be that sweet, loving, tender mom that, that you saw too on much television. Time. She didn't have that. That was a luxury for her. But then we sat there and we saw these TV shows as little kids and the mom big. and and everybody was happy and everybody had a nice home and a mom and a dad and then it was just like okay this is why you didn't get that but if I don't sit there and talk to her and understand you know the reason why you didn't have your room is because we only could afford a two bedroom and we were five right I always wanted those things but she's like it was it was impossible for me to get that because I couldn't get a job I could barely speak the language but if I didn't sit and talk to her about these things it really wouldn't explain things and then I would still blame myself like maybe I wasn't deserving of my mom kissing me and hugging me yeah or maybe i wasn't deserving of my own room and now as an adult i, I went back and i asked a lot a lot of questions about her journey about her coming here mm-hmm. she's like i had no money she's like i had nowhere to stay do you think she appreciated it do you think she appreciates you sitting down and actually having an interest in her history or I do think, you think, I think she's, it does really i think it does and i think it allows her to apologize because she has yeah and it allows for her to explain herself she didn't explain herself when I was nine. Yeah. She didn't need to. I was a kid. I didn't understand. Yeah. But now she tells me, you know, I really hope you can forgive me. Oh, bless. Or when, when I didn't have the food or when I couldn't buy you new clothes or when I couldn't send you to sleepaway camp and I had to send you to Fresh Air Fund because it was free. You know, like all those things that, you know, kids nowadays have, we didn't have. You're such a New Yorker, the Fresh Air Fund. That's where I went. I mean, that's where it's I had my white family in Pennsylvania. They had a pool. They had animals. <laughs> they had mad toys. That is beautiful. My son was well lit, okay? That is beautiful. Like, I always look back and I think, like, whenever I would watch shows like Full House, like Danny Tanner would go up to DJ's bed and explain explain to her why she wasn't allowed to go to the dance like my dad was not even home you know what I mean like my dad was never home because he had to support six kids my mom was a stay-at-home mom and truthfully and I say this and I know it comes off as a joke I don't know how we all survived my mother the wrath (laughs) of my mother because she was just at a point where it's like one of us was always doing something we were always up to no good you were a lot we were a lot so for her to manage I, I, I would say I would be like mom I don't know how you didn't drink every night I 
I don't know how you did. You know what I mean? Like Child, there was no escape. I would smoke for like her. ten blunts a day if I had six kids. I, I'm surprised she didn't. You know what? I'm actually curious if she ever went into the garage and just did a little smoky smoke. A little slime you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, um, switching gears, I did want to discuss because it was a huge, huge story last week, and I think that we need to talk about this because people want to know our opinion. Which story? Ti and his daughter. Because I just spoke about my dad. Now. If you haven't heard the story, which I don't know how you wouldn't have because this has been everywhere, but T.I. basically said that he goes to his daughter's gynecologist appointment. He asks whether or not her hymen has been uh, ruptured. ruptured. And a lot of people said that by him saying that, it was completely humiliating to his daughter, very offensive. In fact, I believe the audio has been taken down now. Yes, the podcast episode has been deleted. Okay. And so there was this giant uproar about the way that he was speaking about his daughter and so I know that you got feedback on your social media after you posted it. I did and most of the feedback said it was humiliating, mm -hmm. it was invasive it mm -hmm. was a violation of her privacy. She's 18. Right, which by the way I find it kind of like, I don't know if I want to say creepy but it's like. A lot of people find it creepy. At 18 you need to know that you raised this young lady with the morals and the values that you and your wife have instilled in her and like where does the trust come in i don't know where it, does it, the, it was you creepy know what I mean? more like, than anything yeah. it was just like why are you obsessed with your daughter's hymen like what is happening why are you so obsessed with me like i i understand and then okay let's play devil's advocate a lot of people were like mind your business this is his kid and he's gonna parent her the way he wants to parent why mind my business when it's not put out there for millions and millions of people to hear you know, and it was I, mean, very, I think it was very humiliating, especially to her. She's on social media. And of she's an adult. Like, oh, my dad goes with me. And he, he was just saying so many like ignorant and inaccurate things during that interview, even about virginity and about, you know, just different things that I was just so thrown off about. I tried to look at it from the perspective of a parent. And I try to put myself in that position because here's the thing. When you have your children, and I, I've said this too, you don't even want the wind to hurt them. Like you want to protect these children. You want to do anything you possibly can. Like if I could put a bubble wrap around my sons, I would do it. <laughs> I would microchip them to know where they are at all times. That's unrealistic and you can't do it. And I say that jokingly, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like as a parent, it's such a rich, pure, deep love that is so hard to explain mm -hmm. unless you've been there and understand it. So I tried to look at it from that angle. Which a lot of people tried also. They but were just then like, I just could not get there. From a young lady, an 18-year-old young embarrassing. lady. It's it embarrassing and it's humiliating. Imagine my dad taking me to the doctor and be like, okay, open her up. Let me know Girl, if she's been fucking. My oh my God. My dad wouldn't even take me to the dentist. I don't need him to know. Like I wouldn't even open up my mouth around my dad, much less my <laughs> legs like I don't want him in the waiting room like you know and then also I came I was thinking about it it's like hopefully this opened up the dialogue for her to let him know you need to give me my space like I'm a woman now she probably don't know no better she probably has been raised this way and obviously her mother is okay with it too because... which is just a whole other thing because if that were my husband I would be like no Absolutely you need to not. sit your ass down How you, you need to take two seats you could be all in our daughter's coochie business like hello let, no. let the mom take care of that absolutely not so I didn't agree with T.I. and you know the ladies of the podcast one of them is the singer Miguel's girlfriend, girlfriend yes. and she apologized she was yeah. just like you know the way we handled it was wrong and you but know. you know what to be fair to her i did see that yeah 
there was a lot of shock value in that conversation with the way that they handled it. I can't blame them for it's being like, It's like, what do you say in the middle of an interview like this? You know, you're just so thrown off. You're not right. prepared for this. Oh, I, I don't think they should hold it. And they're not culpable at all. I think that they just, they were talking to him. He brought this up. And they're, I think their minds were truly blown. Because I heard the audio right after it came out. Thank goodness I did before they took it down. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I can't say that I would have acted differently. I mean, you hope that you would in that situation, but you're not perfect. And, you know, I think that sometimes when people do shock you, you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You yeah, know? you get thrown off. Yeah, And totally. your reaction is not always the best reaction. And it takes a certain type of person to immediately either check a person or even check a celebrity that's a guest on their show. A lot of people might be like, oh, let me just let them do what they do. You know, I don't want to offend T.I. or right. tell him that he's wrong. No, totally. So I think they, they kind of like got caught up with that. But I think this also has a lot to do with, you know, kids now just being so close to their parents till they're so late in, in age. Gabe is here. He He's in the room. Gabe. Hey, what up? What's up, babe? And Gabe is 21. 21? I'm 23. 23. Well, I mean, I mean, I meant to say an adult. Like, yeah. he's, he's over She's 21. She's known since I was a child at this That's point. That's okay. She's I like really your do. second mother. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's your, do you, you have a lot of young friends. Do you feel like parents are now just overbearing and staying attached to their kids way too far into their uh, 20s? Okay, so I have, a, I actually have this one friend and I was just talking to somebody about this the other day and he he won't hear this so that's why this is perfect i can air it oh, out good, here. good so he's like i don't know i don't know how to explain this but he's been at home with his mom his whole life and she's very controlling and she's very just you know how old is he my age 20 he's my age he's my age and it's just i personally think that she is has too much of a latch on him mm. and won't let him kind of like be free and right be Spread able, his and wings. i think that she's at the end of the day she is the thing that's kind of holding him back from being able to like become a fully realized grown adult because i live at home now but i live at home because for fi- financial reasons i can't afford an apartment in the city of course but i also have my own little apartment in my house so i'm, I'm at, at are the same your parents time, all in your business like are they trying to micromanage you still like no 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 they teenager? never once i turned like 18 and i went and i went to college they stopped micromanaging me like they might ask me to do things here and there but mm-hmm. it's mostly because well, you're living in their house yeah because i live in the house yeah. so of course it's like you know but they're I, not like all in your business no 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 they're not like all in my business like oh what's this where's this you know what i'm saying like i yeah. went on vacation this past weekend they texted me once the whole vacation okay that's good so but not all parents are like that not all parents are like that i know a lot of people whose parent who live at home with their parents and their parents are very controlling and very even at 23 or 24 their parents still have like way too much of a hand in in their life and it kind of holds them back from being great Well, you know what? The thing is, it's like these same people whose parents are holding them back or are still holding their hands. They're the ones that get upset when at work they're reprimanded or they're told they didn't Mm -hmm. do something. Do you need your manager to come give you a hug? Because that shit ain't happening. You know what I mean? And it's like the best thing that you can do as a parent is empower your children to do the very best that they can. And and this is this really does. It kills me. They have to fail. You have to let your kids fail. It teaches resilience. It teaches. Those are the teachable moments. It teaches them how to. To, you know manage something like that there are a lot of kids in your generation especially gay because i have nephews that are your age mm. their coping mechanisms are not even existent they don't know how to any cope little thing with will any un- little will have thing. them unwrap because your mom was there your mom your went to the still principal there. your mom, your mom still went there. to your bo- you know it's like that there's there's a point in life where you have to be willing to like fall down dust yourself off get up mm-hmm. do it again you know and that's part of what builds character and it makes you a better human being this is just my opinion 
opinion. It's one of my biggest fears with my two boys because I always say to my husband, you're so hands off. He's like, because you're so hands on. Yeah, so he's giving them a little bit so of room. So he's giving them that breathing room that they might need. And he's a male figure and, and they're, they're two little boys. But, you know, that is the one thing that I'm very aware of that I need to get a hold of it myself because as they get older, mm-hmm. I want them to experience things. You know, even it's even as little as like my little guy, Asher, was doing a puzzle. And he was like, him. can you help? Did you see this? I saw the video. It was one of the most beautiful things. Like, let me give you a little bit of history. Asher has um, a speech delay. Okay. So for a while, he wasn't socializing. We were very concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God that he has now gotten a, a hold of it and he's been getting help and he's been going to therapy and all of this other stuff, right? So we gave him a puzzle. And it was he a was big like, puzzle. It was a hundred pieces, dude. I he's saw like it. It was bigger than him. He's a four-year-old little boy. And he kept looking over, for, over at me and, and my husband for guidance. We were like, Asher, you got this. You can do it. And he would put one in and he'd get frustrated. We're like, do you need to take a break? And he was like, no. And he did that straight. He did that straight girl. That was a big puzzle. Mark and I helped him out here and there. But the best part about that whole situation at the end, the level of pride that this child had, because for so long he hasn't been able to express himself or to do the things that his brother has been able to do so easily. He's hitting milestones now. Yeah. Yeah. So milestones like that matter. It was the most amazing thing. And I said to my husband, if we would have been. And they're like, no, 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 you need to put that piece there. No, 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 put this one over here. You know, we did help him. We, we said, put him in groups. Do the border first. Like, we were guiding yeah, him. Yeah, you were guiding him, but not cluttering him the way some parents do. As a parent, that's all you're supposed to do is to guide, you know? And so I think that's a really, really difficult thing for people to manage when they see that their children are becoming adults. And maybe they don't have their own place, which, by the way, smartest decision ever. Don't move out until you, like, Please. absolutely have to. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know what? I bet you... Your parents want you to not be there, but they want to help you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I bet you your parents want you to have, like, your own life, and they want you to be able to come and go from your own apartment as you please. But mm-hmm. they're helping you. set. They're setting you up for the future. Yeah. And that's the best thing that they can do. But they're still giving you your freedom to be a man. Mm-hmm. You're a man now. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a really incredible thing, and it shows the relationship that you have with them. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I mean, they let me do pretty much whatever I want. Like, they don't ask questions when I come and go. Like, last night I had to pick something up from Queens at, like, in the middle of the night, and I left at 12 They trust you. And I didn't have to say anything. I just left, and I came back, and it was it was, it was, was fine. It didn't always used to be like that, but now it's like that. Now it's, like, Good. It's, now it's like, it's cool, like, you know what I'm saying? I had an apartment for a while for a year after college, but I couldn't afford it anymore. I mean, so, listen, New York is expensive. I was going to say, yeah. chewing people up and spitting them out. Did Adults you just, like, can't afford New York. Well, that's why that one woman put up the, her Chelsea apartment on Stop. Airbnb. Stop. Stop. Stop it. You didn't hear that? I saw that. Oh my oh, gosh. Man. But yeah. Airbnb in the New York housing projects. Hello. That is just getting so crafty. I would be so mad if I showed up and I was in the projects on vacation. I love that this woman called her out though. She was just like, I'm sorry. I she said I respect her hustle, but I want my money back. From I want Airbnb. my money back too. Exactly. So anyway, we digress. But you know what the thing is, it's like if you're a parent and you're trying to manage basically your boundaries, I think TI definitely crossed the boundary. And I think the biggest aside from it being a violation of her medical privacy and putting it out there for the world to yeah. know. It's just so it's just humiliating, mortifying. embarrassing. Yeah. She went private on Instagram. Too. She should. She absolutely should. I don't blame should. her. Like, and I'd block his ass and Tiny's butt. I'd be like, I'm not talking to none of y'all motherfuckers exactly. for a while. You leave me alone. I need a Range Rover behind this. Exactly. Make it pink, okay? So <laughs> yeah. That'll mean that you really are sorry. So yeah, anyway, I mean, we wanted to touch on some of these things that have been going on um, this week. And was there, was there anything else that you wanted to bring up? No? We good? 
think we're good. I think we're good. How long have we been, have we been talking for a while? We have. 36 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I better say, I better get out. You better get out of here, Carolina. I know. I'm, I'm like firing off nasty emails right now because I'm so angry. I'm freezing right now. I'm so mad Carolina has a jacket and I don't. I, I know. I'm so sorry, babe. Next time I'll bring you a, uh, a, blanket. a blanket. Keep me yes. a blanket here. I need to get and you a blanket. And a space heater. Okay. You got it. No problem. <laughs> now, here's the thing, guys. We want you to email us, lifeinspanglishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us on social media. Yeah. Hit um, the Life Smaglish podcast. Oh, I still owe you my pictures. Yeah, please. Give yes. me a picture. Oh, my God. I we have um, Instagram and we have Twitter, so you can hit us up on both. You can follow me. Um, what's my... I am Honey I am German. Honey German. I was going to say the real Honey German. You see, Carolina, you got me all twisted. And I am Honey German, the real Carolina. Yep. And subscribe. You yes. guys will get a little pop-up every single time we drop a new episode. And I have to say thank you for the reviews. Yes. You guys write such amazing stuff. And encouragement goes such a long way man like you guys don't realize like we do it we put it up but we don't know what you guys are thinking we don't know your opinions but when we read the reviews it really makes it so much more worth it it does it does and we just totally appreciate you guys listening and tell your friends you know what I mean share like it. when you guys are exactly share it with your friends and tell them and if you guys ever have any issues you know you can always reach out to us we'll give you advice it might not be the best advice but Listen, we'll do our best I just gave somebody <laughs> advice this morning what was it about she she really wanted this job and she didn't get it and she's Aww. so down and she dm'd me and i told her i said i never got another job in radio only power i said what do you think i i never applied to any other job before this yeah. god will put you where he wants you and amen we just talked about it resilience and mm -hmm. if she really wants it she'll go back and she'll try to get another job and if she gets rejected she'll know she's got to keep going so there you have it we'll leave on that note it's life in spanglish guys thank you so much for listening peace tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks. scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.